0: We decided to talk about parenting, not because we're perfect parents. <laughs> that's, that's not it. It's not because we think we're perfect parents. In fact, part of the reason we decided to share is we have five children, five children, and we raise them to love the Lord. And uh, our oldest and our youngest child have, they're lost. They have made choices that have led them away from the Lord. And so as we were kind of looking at this parenting thing, uh, I said, well, I don't mind sharing some things because I always wanted in my life uh, a woman or parents that would share with me and tell me these are some things that we did that worked well for our family and these are some mistakes that we made. Heads up, give me a heads up kind of thing. But it's really hard to find people that are that open and honest. Uh, that will share those things with you so Wayne and I decided well that's kind of who we are <laughs> so we we put together a uh, parenting seminar so we're gonna talk in our first lesson about what it's like to be the mama what it's like to be the mommy and then our second lesson we're gonna do kind of like we do in our, our marriage seminar we're gonna look at uh, parenting through the eyes of daddy And I have some quotes from different daddies on what that feels like. So that's what we'll talk about in our second breakout. But as we start talking about being the mommy, I think back to when I had my first child. And I don't know if any of you can remember when you had your first child, and some of you are just getting ready to have your first child. Um, I was a rebellious teenager, so my first child, I was not married. And I, uh, it was kind of the pregnancy that brought me back to the Lord. I was raised in a Christian home, um, but I just was rebellious. And so when I got pregnant, it was I believe it was God's way of getting my attention. <laughs> and it brought me back to him and got my life in order. So I'm, I'm pregnant, and in my mind I'm thinking, I may never marry because now it's not just about me. I will have this child Uh, that I want to make sure that whoever I bring into this child's life is a godly man and I could pick that or I could choose not to pick that if I wanted to well uh, God had great huge plans for me Wayne came into my life in fact my son was six months old when Wayne and I got married Wayne came into my life we dated four months and then we're married we were strangers in our marriage (laughs) we hardly knew each other but that's A different seminar Um, so here I was we were strangers strangers. that's a different one Uh, but as I'm pregnant with my first child I'm thinking man I have no idea what I'm doing no idea what I'm doing so I read every book I could get my hands on every book and you older women my age and older will understand when I say it was the time of Dr. Spock Dr. Spock and his knowledge that he wanted to share And I threw that book aside and went on. But it was that trying to fill myself up and figure out what is this parenting thing gonna look like because I was overwhelmed, because I knew I was gonna be doing it by myself. And so I start out, and then I can remember after I have the baby, there I am in the hospital. I'd gone in thinking I was ready, I'd read everything, I'm equipped, let's go, let's do this. I have all the baby gear, I was ready to go. And then that day, I think it was like he was about three days old back in the day when they sent us home from the hospital, and the nurse had walked in and said, okay, we're going to release you today. She said, you're going to get that baby ready, and you can take him home. And I went, whoa, <laughs> you want me to take that living creature home with me? <laughs> and it was scary. And I thought, I'm not I'm not equipped for this I'm not ready for this and I remember crying and my mom had come in and my dad to take me home to help me take the baby home and I said this is just overwhelming for me I'm gonna mess him up I messed myself up I'm gonna mess him up and my mom you know you you've got this we're there for you we will help you through this and so as you start out it's scary You don't know what you're doing. So many of us, you don't go take classes before your child is born. It's just kind of like God goes, boom, good luck to (laughs) you," And I'm like, oh, thanks, that's so overwhelming. So you start out, then you take that baby home. You take that baby home and you, as the mommy, your hormones are crazed because you've just given birth to this child. You both are exhausted you're exhausted and when i'm tired and when my hormones are raging i am not a nice person <laughs> and so here we had this baby and Wayne and i now we were he was 6 months old when we got married but it was still all this was new for us and we're exhausted and i'm very critical when i'm tired and I, I pick arguments, I kind of pick arguments anyway, but I do it more when I'm, when I'm tired and when I'm hormonal. So it's a really hard time in your marriage as you've got this new life that you're bringing into your, into your family. And so uh, let me encourage you as you're starting out in that phase and as you have little children at home Be really careful of making sure that you don't push your husband out of the picture. As we talk about parenting and being the mommy, you have to remember that you are a partner in parenting. And I see so often um, the mommy role, and I get it, the mommy role tends to take over in our lives and we forget that there are two parents in the picture and we need to be making sure that we do that together. Uh, So finding a way to communicate. Uh, Wayne and I, our communication was usually Very vocal and kind of with an angry look on our faces we were working through that how what does parenting look like together so at that first stage it's all new and trying to figure it out is making sure you're doing it making sure you're doing it together keeping in mind that here you have this man and this woman it's the same thing as you come into marriage but you have this man and this woman the daddy and the mama the daddy has been raised in a different background than yours. Even if it was a godly home, it's still not your house. And he, you are raised in a different way than he was. One thing is he's a male and you're a female. So you've been raised two different ways. And you come together. And I do. I remember those first times that Wayne would discipline the children. And I'm thinking, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. No, no, don't kill him. You know, I'm thinking you're disciplining too much And then I can remember the other direction as well, going, you're being too soft on that boy. He needs a belt or something. So I remember judging him because he wasn't parenting the way I thought should be parented. Uh, My children should be parented. So make sure you're communicating about that and talking about that. You know, I I don't believe in our marriages and especially where parenting is concerned, we don't talk about it a lot until we're in the moment. And I, and I get it, it's kind of real life, you're just living moment to moment, but I think you need to take those moments where you uh, you have this issue going on with your child and take that moment and step back and talk about it so that you're equipped for it to happen again because it's going to happen again <laughs> and make sure you've talked about it together so that you know how you're going to parent together because I think we do get down the road a ways and we Get this picture in our head of what a parent should look like, and that's not fair. It's not fair to do that to the daddy, to the, to your husband. It's just not fair. You need to communicate with him and make sure you're on the same page. And don't expect him to be uh, the daddy that you necessarily think he's supposed to be. My dad, uh, my dad is a, a gentle, quiet man. He's a man of very few words. Uh, I I married total opposite of that, Wayne is a spaz, he talks all the time, (laughs) he has very little filter, and and that was part of what attracted me to him. But his parenting comes through that personality, and those first few years with our kids, I expected him to be parenting like my dad, who was very calm and patient and loving, and here came Wayne, (laughs) and I judged him in that, and that wasn't fair. So be careful of that. Make sure that you're communicating all along because as your children hit these different ages of life, parenting changes again, and it changes again as you hit the preteens where those hormones start flowing and it's awful, and then you hit the teen years where the hormones are raging and they're trying to be independent. So you have to talk about it all along the way. Make sure you're communicating as you go along that, uh, that journey. But remember, you come from different backgrounds. <laughs> and then this mommy's role, I don't know about you, uh, but when I look at my role as a mom, it's, ju- it's just as overwhelming to me as the role of a wife, if not more so. Because I, I have no control over my husband. He is who he's going to be. I can't do anything about that. But my children, I have the responsibility now to make a difference in their life and so it it was really scary to me and we have five very strong children the one in the middle is a little more laid back uh, but they're they're very strong very strong personalities so wayne and i had this responsibility to raise them up and here i am taking on this mommy role and i remember thinking okay i knew i wasn't equipped to do any kind of homeschooling that was just coming to the surface when my kids were hitting school age, and I knew I'd kill them before I taught them anything. So that wasn't for me. So my kids were public school kids, and we were on top of it all the time. But I had this responsibility to teach them things and to make sure they knew things and to make sure that they loved Jesus. And that was the most important thing for us was make sure that our children were raised up to have this relationship with God. Because my generation and the generations ahead of me, so many of us were raised in homes where Christianity was a list of do's and don'ts. You don't do this. You don't do this. You don't do that. You do go to church. And we all became kind of church goers. And and punching a clock kind of thing. And and, uh, don't be offended. I I don't mean all of us. But I felt like that's the generations that were, that's what was happening around us. And Wayne and I watched that and thought, I want my children to have a deeper relationship with the Lord. To actually not just go, oh, because he said so, but because I love him. I want to be this person. So I took on this whole then heavy load of spiritual responsibility, and I felt very ill-equipped for it because I was tired, and I was trying to mama all these little people all around me, and it, it was overwhelming. And I remember one time sitting in ladies' Bible class, and there was a, a group of women talking, and they were saying, yeah, you know what works for me? I set my alarm about 4.30 every morning, and I get up and I spend an hour in God's Word. And I went, (laughs) eh, who can get up in the middle of the night and study God's Word and then be equipped to handle these children? It was not me. And I was impressed with that person and that little group that they had going on there, but it wasn't me. And instead of going, okay, it's okay that that's not me, I beat myself up over it. I set my alarm a few times and was an awful mother for for that week that I thought I could do that. Awful. Because I was exhausted. It didn't work for my personality. And so I had a, a woman come into my life about that time, my kids were little, and she's Tammy, you need to be you. You need to find what works for you and she said do you read to your babies because we had talked about different books and uh, love you forever and all of these different books we would read to our kids when they were little and she goes, you're reading to your babies get that toddler Bible out and read to your babies and you're gonna start soaking that up and that will feed you spiritually she said just because you're not studying the Greek doesn't mean you're not filling yourself up with God's Word and it lifted this weight off of me. And I'm like, I can, I can do that. I can do that. So if you have little ones at home, read to them. Read God's word. In fact, Wayne says now, I know the Bible stories better than he does. Because I read them to our children over and over and over again. And it filled me up. It filled me up. So find ways. I love the fact now that you can listen to the Bible on your phone. Uh, I do that with my grandchildren. We'll sit and listen to the Bible and I'll have them pick out uh, pick out the one, the name of God. Every time you hear the name of God, there are three. I have two little three-year-old granddaughters that do that with me. And so you're planting it in your heart and you're planting it in them and they don't even know what's happening. They think it's a game. So make sure you're finding ways to do that with your children, but don't be so hard on yourselves. You just need to find what works for you. I also recognize the fact that the Titus two older women teach the younger women says teach the young women younger women to love their children, and I do remember thinking as a young mom, why would I have to be taught to love my children? But you you have to understand that we have these people coming in from all of these different backgrounds. And not everybody knows how to be a loving mama, especially if they haven't had that example set for them, if they haven't done that. So that requires all of us right here to reach out to those all around us and love on them and and nurture them and lift them up and encourage them in that. And be very careful as you're watching those around you saying, she should know better than that. Her kids shouldn't be behaving that way. She should know better than that she may not she may not know better than that and then you don't want to be the person that goes up to her and says you should know better than that (laughs) you want to be the person that loves on them and lets them know you know your kids I love their energy I love how much energy they have I know how hard that must be for you could I sit with you would that be helpful if I sat with you some and maybe I could sit on this one while you wrestled that one but reach out and love on them and, and take into your mind the opinion of they're doing their very best job. I think so often we have the opinion they're not trying. <coughs> Parenting is hard. It's hard work. And if they don't know how, you and I both know, sometimes it's easier to just float through life. Well, I fed them and they didn't go anywhere naked today, and they're breathing at night, so it was a good day, you know? And we get caught up in that role, and all of a sudden, we're weeks down the road, and it's like, whoa, has this gotten away from me? And it does, and that's okay. Then you step and you regroup again. So be very careful of being uh, judgmental towards younger women in this role. They really need you, they need your help. And then as you're raising up children, Uh, We had four boys and then a girl and I had these four boys my my boys are mama's boys They just are Uh, they shared things with me We talked pretty openly in our house because of my rebellious background I wanted to make sure we were laying everything out on the table so that they could come talk about whatever was going on in Their life, and I had to control my face from going you did what to going oh don't do that you want them to talk to you so my boys talked to me in fact they're very loving they still my oldest is gonna turn 39 in December and we were all together at Christmas for the first time in like six years and my boys all came and hugged me and kissed me goodnight before they went to bed they're all doing that so we're very close very close but I had to remember I was watching families around me and their children were getting married and I was watching all of these men treat their mom better than their wife and I didn't want that for my boys. So I had to make sure I was raising up my boys, yeah, to love me, but to love me so that they would know how to love their wife. And I wanted to make sure that they loved Jesus more than they loved me. And that's, that took work and it took concentration because I'm mom, I'm mommy. I wanted to stay that way and hold them close. But I did wanna make sure that when it's time to let them go, they could let go of mommy. That I was raising them up to turn them loose. And then, that was an interesting relationship with my boys because I had to work then to tie them to their daddy too. And we'll talk some more about that in the next lesson. But I had to work at that because I become the mother hen that goes, these are my boys. You don't know how to take care of them. (laughs) And I that wasn't fair to do that to Wayne. So I had to learn to pull him in and make sure I was including him in that in that relationship. Um, then my relationship with my daughter uh, i I made mistakes with my daughter. I will admit that. i I did at the time, I think I did the best that I was equipped to do. I, I will give myself that, and she has come back and told me, "Yeah, you're a good mom." But I had watched families that had multiple sons and one girl and that girl was treated so different than the boys she was a princess she got everything and so when this daughter was born into our family i wanted to make sure that we didn't do that that she wasn't treated i loved them all the same and i wanted them to do that but my daughter was different from the beginning my boys uh, I don't tell pregnancy delivery stories because I can cough and have a child. That's just who I am. I, I, they come out easily. That may be why we have five. But that, it just happens for me. And then I get pregnant with this fifth child, and they said, yeah, it's a girl, and I didn't believe them until I actually saw her. Uh, but her pregnancy for me was different. I was sick the entire time. Uh, she was breech and they tried to turn her and I had to have a c-section and it was just weird all along and I was drugged up for two days and and Wayne would be changing her diaper and he'd go, um, what what do I do here? What do we do here with her? And I'm like, you get her clean, I don't know, you know, I'm in a drugged phase and I didn't know what was going on. And then she was about two days old. Well, it was like the next day, because Wayne had taken the boys. He hadn't come into the hospital right away. My drugs had faded away, and I had the baby, and so I was now in a no-drug state, so I undress. I love to undress my babies and see all their little fingers and toes and everything, so I took her little nightgown off of her, and I had her laying there, and as I'm pulling her nightgown off, she had breasts, and I'm like, Okay, that's different. <laughs> Maybe that's a girl thing. I don't know. And so I undo her diaper, and there's blood in her diaper. And so I'm calling the nurse. Uh, what do I do here? <laughs> I was so confused, and now I understand why Wayne was going. What do we do here? And so I call the nurse, and I went, "What's what's going on with my baby?" And she said, "Oh, relax. It's okay. She's taking on your hormones. It'll a few days. It'll be gone. She'll be just fine." And I'm like, "Ah." girls right off the bat I was freaking out and so she was different from the beginning I figured she'd be a tomboy having these four brothers and she isn't she is a little press from the very beginning she was always doing her hair like this and just that's who she was and so I worked to have a relationship with her but I should have had a deeper relationship we talked things um, but I I should have worked to have more of a female connection with my daughter so that is important that you spend uh, female time together I'm not saying that your six-year-old is going to be your best friend your mom you're not being her best friend that can come later it really can it can come later but you need to be mama but you need to make sure that you're talking with her and building a relationship with her in fact as my first grandchild came along as a girl and I bought a book for her mom for them to do together, and its I can give you the name of it if you want. But it's a book that talks about the changes in a girl's life, and I think I gave it to her when she was 10. And so her mom took that book, and each night before bed, they'd go through one of these little devotional things together and skip over the ones that she wasn't quite ready for. And, I've shared this at several places, and I've had people come up and go, I love that book. I bought that book for my, my granddaughter. So it has helped in their relationship to talk about some of these things going on in a female, uh, physical things and hormonal things and just different thinking. We're female. We have different thinking. And so it has helped them, and it has helped my granddaughter. But making sure you're building that kind of a relationship uh, with your daughter in a way that lifts her up and builds a relationship between the two of you. So as we're looking at this being the mommy thing, I have these uh, five points or whatever, there may be more than that, about what to do to make sure you're raising up children that have a relationship with the Lord, that love the Lord, because that's what we want. We want children that aren't obligated, but they love the Lord, that they're not just doing it, and we're seeing where, are, where is the generation of my age people and that generation a little below me? Where are they? Where are they? So we, we can fix it. We can fix that. And by the way, if your children are in that generation and they're not in the church, I still believe, in fact, as Wayne was talking about, our goal for our children is righteousness. It doesn't matter how old they are. We're still, that's my goal for my two children, that righteousness is nowhere in their life still my goal for them. It doesn't mean I've failed them. I'm still doing what I can to lead them towards righteousness. So it doesn't matter how old they are. That is still my goal for them. It still continues. You just are blessed when they're younger to have more control over that because I have no control over my 39-year-old son. Zero. Now, do I have influence? Yeah, I do. I influence him. Does he know where I stand, where his spirituality is concerned? Yes, he does. Does he know his mama loves him? Yes, he does. So it's, it's just a process. So as we're, as we're doing this for our children, as we're bringing them up, we're putting God first in their lives in everything. God comes first. If you're in that state of life where you can make those choices, God comes first. And it's easy to say, but it's hard to do sometimes. It is really hard to do, but the Lord and His people seek first His kingdom. That's His people and His righteousness. That comes first in your life, and when your children see that in you, then they pull that into their life. When it doesn't isn't an obligation for you, they see it as something they would like to do as well to put God first. Uh, Somehow we nailed that with a couple of our kids. (laughs) We are our second oldest. We didn't even realize what that we had planted that seed in him. We'd been working at it, but you don't ever know until it kind of surfaces, bubbles up. Our uh, Kyle is that son's name. Kyle had made that basketball, te- basketball team in junior high. And he loves, he's a sports fanatic. He's not really very athletic, but he loves sports. And so he made the team. And he, we didn't even know this. He comes home from school and he goes, Mom, I need to tell you something. And I said, well, what's going on, Kyle? And he goes, I made the basketball team. And I went, I didn't even know you tried out for the basketball team. And he goes, yeah, I made the basketball team. Um, I'm not sure I'm gonna get to play though. And I went, why wouldn't you get to play if you've made the team? And he said, well, I had to go to the coach the coach listed the people that had made the team and beside it he listed all of the practice dates and the tournaments and stuff and he goes a lot of it is on wednesdays and sundays and he said so i went to the coach and i told him i i am thank you that i made the team i'm so excited that made the team but you may not want to leave me on the team you may want to fill it with somebody else because i'm not going to be there most of the time i have i have church that i go and I, i worship and i'm just not going to be there And he said, the coach told him, well, I can't kick you off the team for religious reasons, but understand that you won't get to play very much. And Kyle said, so I'm going to stay on the team, and I'm going to get to play when I'm there. (laughs) And he was so excited. But when he's telling me this, I got goosebumps, and my eyes filled with tears. And I told Wayne, we did it. (laughs) He's made decisions without even talking to us. And so when you're doing that, when you're living that, It does make a difference. Doesn't mean it will always be perfect. They will still make choices that you go, you knew better than that, but they're still gonna do that. But every now and then, it is planted. And so that's the importance of always scattering that seed and making sure you're planting those things and making God first in your life. And then as you're raising up these righteous children, I think this one is probably the most important On my list, anyway, is you have to show them. If you want them to love the Lord, you must love the Lord. If you want to raise up children that are compassionate and they love people and they have a servant heart, you have to be compassionate and love people and have a servant heart. You have to be doing that and showing them. If you want, I heard there was a, a young father walking through here a while ago, and he was saying something about the, the best discipline for their child was to say, if you don't quit doing that, you can't go to church <laughs> and see your friends, but you can't follow through with that, so what do you do, you know, kind of thing. And I went, I love that his kids, that's where they wanted to be. I can remember one Sunday night, Wayne and I were both sick. I mean, sick. Sick. And we told the kids, we're not going to church tonight, we can't, you know, Dad and I are sick. And they threw a fit. "Ah, Call somebody, get somebody to come take us to church, we want to go to church. I'm like, well, you call somebody (laughs) and come take you to church. And they did, and they took them. But you have to show them that and let them see that. And if you are a family that is you're leaving the church building every time, you're complaining about the singing was horrible and... You can't believe sister so-and-so was there. Oh, man, I know what kind of life she's living. And you're judging people and you're talking down about worship. They're not going to want to be there. You're planting those seeds. Watch this little flapping muscle. Be very careful of how you use that. Use some self-control. I know those thoughts are normal thoughts. They just don't always have to come out in front of your family. So make sure you're watching that. But show your children make sure you're doing that because we don't want to raise up church goers because they'll quit going and just going to church isn't what's going to get you uh, to glorify God it's not going to get you to heaven that's not what it's about it's about being righteous and I don't have to talk about that because my husband did and then you're going to train them to go in the right direction and training, I think I have the definition here train no I don't yes I do, there it is but I have to know eyeballs. Uh, train means to direct the growth of, to form by instruction, discipline, or drill. And we can all picture, you know, boot camp or spring training is a time where they're concentrated and they're working on this goal of being better. And so as we're training up our children, part of training our children up is realizing that they're all different. And Zinni and I were talking about this. I'd watched her... Little boys up front this morning it made me grin it was very cute uh, but you see the different personalities come out I have these four boys they are so different they're so different. The oldest one is, he's creative and he's into music, and that's his personality. He's very tender-hearted. Actually, they're all very tender-hearted, it just kind of surfaces in different ways. Uh, the next one is Kyle, and he's a sports fanatic, and, and he cries at commercials, and he's just, he, that's Kyle. And then the middle son, the middle child, uh, Jeremy is my child that I could say, no, no, Jeremy, and he'd cry and quit. He was so easy, so laid back. And then Daniel, my fourth son, difficult, stubborn. Ugh. And he's the one I'd spank and then try to find some other disciplinary action that would work for him. And we finally learned with him, you put him in the group, in the family, or whatever's going on that night at church, wherever it might be. He had to sit in a chair, watch what was going on, and he couldn't speak. And he couldn't, he couldn't do anything. He had to sit and watch. That was discipline for Daniel. Drove him nuts. Drove him nuts because he couldn't interact and be social. And then my daughter was so girl and so drama, but she was pretty easy too. The boys said, well, she never got a spanking. Why did she never get a spanking? I'm like, she was easy. I didn't have to spank her. I could say, stop that, quit it. <laughs> so you learn what works for each of your children and then train them up in the way they should go is the way he should go. Josh, Kyle, Jeremy, Daniel, Leslie. Not trying to shove them in the, all the same direction. And I know we did that at first. Because they're like, okay, this works. This will be our discipline. You all dress like this, you all eat like this, <laughs> you all, and their personality start going Arr. And I'm like, oh, that's not working. <laughs> so you have to train them what works for them. Um, and I feel sorry for first children. They're the experimental child. <laughs> They're the one that you're going, we're doing our best job. We don't know what it is, but we're doing whatever it is. And I feel sorry for them because then ours was the third child. The third child, we kind of got things in order and went, I think we can actually be okay parents now. But the other two, we'll see what happens with that. Um, but you're training them, finding out what works for them. Have them in church. Again, don't make it obligatory. Uh, be careful of that it's not a have to but my children knew they had no no choice you we went to church now I had a mother at one point I think our boys our oldest were nine years old I think her boy they were the same age and I think our boys were nine years old and she'd come up to me and she said um how do you get Josh to church every week and I know my face went I don't know what you're saying because <laughs> I'm like what do you mean <laughs> and in my head I'm going I we just go to church every week we, it was never discussed it was not something that we talked about it just was what we did it was what we did but her family was different she was giving them choices and he was nine and she goes I can't get him out of bed and I said you bring him in his jammies once and he'll get ready <laughs> you bring him he'll get ready Humiliate him a time or two he needs that it sounds like to me and by the way why i said that i had a woman tell me one time you know you should never humiliate your children i don't want to embarrass them i don't want to break their spirit if your children are behaving in a way that is sinful if it's disrespectful if it's uh, ugly if it's any kind of sinful behavior they need to be humiliated they need to be embarrassed. Your job is to remove that behavior from their life. It's your job as the parent is to get that out. You figure out what it takes to get that out of their life. Um, and sometimes it takes some embarrassment. Uh, my oldest son, we, in training our children, we had very strong boundaries, very strong. They all said we were strict. But they all say now they would, we wouldn't have had it any other way because we were making sure that they knew the right choices to make when it came time for them to be making their own choices and we even controlled their friends i, I said they were public school i'm rambling i better should check my time okay um, we we chose the, we didn't choose their friends but we were very particular about who we let come across their life now my home was the gathering place i wanted that because I knew there were people out there that didn't have good homes, and I knew there were people out there that didn't have love in their home, and, and they didn't have Jesus in their home. So I said, bring them here. We'll love on them. Let's do that. And so my yard was the place where people gathered. So there was a boy in my oldest son's life for a while, and I started watching. I told Wayne, I said, Josh is starting to act like Chet. Chet has quit acting like Josh. Josh. It's time for us to draw a line. And Wayne said, yeah, I think I, I've noticed that too. We're going to have to do something about that. So we told Josh, we said, I'm sorry, you're going to have to quit hanging out with Chet any, anymore. Oh, Josh was, and I remember this. I remember when my parents would go, I don't want you to run around with her. She has a bad influence on you. And I can remember, you are so judgmental. She's nice. And then I became a parent in that place and went, ah, I see now what you're doing. But it was that controlling that relationship. My Josh was becoming more like Chet, and Chet didn't have a foundation, and Chet quit becoming like Josh. And I had to cut that out of my son's life at that point. He was in middle school, and he's very, uh, very influential in that period of life. That's the hardest age is that middle school, fourth through about seventh, eighth grade, really hard. And so we cut Chet out. Josh was so mad at us few weeks later, Chet broke into our house when we were gone on a weekend and tore stuff up and stole stuff from us, and then called back to our house and left a message on our answering machine going, who broke into your house, blah, blah, blah. and we went, uh, Chet, we know it's you now, <laughs> you know, but Josh was like, "Ah, oh, mom, you were right. Those are classic words, <laughs> said very seldom, Mom, you are right, but I, I had to cut these, make these boundaries for my children when I saw those things, that's, that's our job in part of training them and pushing those things out, making sure we're doing that for our children, because our job is to prepare them to send them out, that's our job. Our job is to raise up children that are gonna go out and share Jesus and share the love of God and they do that with their hands and their feet and their actions. That's our job. I don't care how much money my children make. I don't care. I'd rather not have to give them money because I don't have any money. (laughs) So I don't wanna have to do that. They need to be responsible, but that's not the most important thing. The most important thing is raising up children that love the Lord so much that it overflows out of them and then they make an influence on the world. So I had to prepare them to do that. And it was by showing them, setting that right example for them, by living a life that pulled people through our lives and made sure that we were influencing the people and the people weren't influencing us. And that can be hard even as adults. Even as adults, that's still affecting you. Don't think it isn't. Be careful of that. God says, um, bad company corrupts good morals. He knew what he was talking about. Be careful of that, uh, even in your own lives. But preparing them to send them out, and that's what I wanted for my children. And now, a couple of them, when I sent them out, my oldest was a youth minister, made some awful choices, and has nothing to do with religion now, nothing. Now, I wear a bracelet on my hand, I showed somebody a while ago, that says hope. As long as my son is breathing, there's hope. And if I hadn't given him that foundation, he'd have nothing to turn back to. And my daughter, she's now leaning. She lost a a baby a year ago, and she has another one now. And that losing the baby has turned her heart back to the Lord. And she's working her way. We'll see what happens. But I know there's hope because they're both still breathing. And so all of us, I don't care how old you are, where your children are at, or where they're at in their walk with the Lord, as long as they're breathing... There's hope. There's hope. And for me, that gives me a peace. (laughs) It gives me a joy because for my children, that's what I want for them. I want righteousness in their life because it fills them up and God then pours those blessings down on them. Do I want them to be righteous so that they have those blessings? Yes, because I'm their mama. And I want their life to be that way. But I want their life to be righteous so that my God is glorified. That's what I want, and that's what we want as mommies. So as, as mommies out there, <coughs> reach out to others. Let them encourage you. Let them help you in your journey. Uh, older women, if you've been there, be gentle. Be loving. Be kind. Be encouragers. Don't take the courage out of them by pointing out their mistakes. Put courage in them by lifting them up. Encouragers. Now let's end with a prayer, and then we're done with this session. Father, I want to thank you so much for this day, Lord, the time that we got to come and worship you. Oh, we are such blessed people, Father. The fact that we can come and be brought together by the blood of Jesus and the sacrifice that he made for us. And help us not just do that on Sundays. Help us remember that in every moment of our life. And remember that that's why we're here, is to show others that life and to show others Jesus and to bring them into that light. Help us be those people Help us not be caught up in day to day living. Help us as mamas whether our children are even born yet or whether our children are having their own grandchildren. Help us be mamas that are focused on you. Help us not lose heart. Help us to always uh, have hope that you give us because we are gonna stay close to you. Help us not get discouraged and pull away, Father. Help us always stay right there in your arms because we know you will carry us through. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. All right, ladies, we'll go back into the auditorium. We'll have a group lesson, and then we have another break breakout. Thank you.